This yeah, is no an problem. interview with Flotsam and Jetsam drummer Ken Mary on Tuesday, June 29th, 2021, by Nick Burkell. Now, Ken, can you tell me about getting your very first drum kit? I sure can. Um, actually, I was... I think I was 11 years old when I got my drum kit. I actually started out on a drum pad uh, and drum sticks for my first year. I was just learning rudiments only. And so just working on the snare only. And then I got a drum kit. I, I believe I was 11 years old and it was a red sparkle. Uh, the kit was called US Mercury. It was some cheap China, uh, Japanese. I mean, back then, Japanese drums were considered awful. Now all the greatest companies are made in japan but <laughs> back then japanese drums were pretty awful and uh it was a kit called the u.s mercury and i'm sure it was a u it was a used kit and um you know but it, it you know it got me started it got me playing and um so uh that was the first kit that i had after that i ended up getting a black rogers uh once i moved to once i moved to seattle i got a black rogers drum kit and that thing was was, uh, that was pretty high-end, actually. Now, were you involved with any private tutors, music schools, or conservatories when you were growing up? Well, I did have a, uh, a private teacher. Um, I had actually several, but the main one was a gentleman named Dick Stensland, and he sort of directed me towards jazz fusion and rock fusion and, um, you know, drummers like Buddy Rich and Steve. Steve Gadd and, you know, basically all the greatest recording drummers of the day. And uh, and then when I was, I think I was 11 again, and I, I got to see a, a Kiss concert. And um, that sort of, you know, was a life-changing experience for me. I saw Kiss and I was like, wow, you know, I want to do that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that as far as my private teaching. I mean, he was really, I would say, the private teacher that made the biggest impact on me. You were a live member of Flotsam from 2017 to 2018. What did you notice about how the 2016 album turned out that you wanted to do for the end of chaos and continue on with Blood in the Water? Well, um, the interesting thing about that album is, uh, you know, the, I don't know if you know this, but I have a recording studio and the 2016 album, chunks of that were recorded at my studio, including the uh, the drums and Jason Bittner was the drummer on that album. And I was a huge fan of Flotsam back in the day. You know, I was, a, I was a big fan of the first two albums and, but I hadn't really heard much from them uh, since that time. And I mean, of course I knew who the band was cause I was a fan, but I really hadn't uh, checked out much of their new material or new albums after those first two. So listening to the self-titled album, uh, I was actually very very impressed with the band with the songs with the the vocals uh it was one of my favorite records and usually when i'm involved in any sort of part of the production of the album i don't really like to listen to it after i'm done working on it and the the flotsam and jetsam self-titled was in my car for months and i really really enjoyed the record so uh as far as you know me getting involved i mean i think that was kind of a critical component I, i'm not sure if i had not heard that record um, that I would have been quick to, to jump into the band. Um, but, but hearing that album and hearing what AK was doing and how great his voice sounded, you know, these days, I like his voice now better than I, than I did on the first two albums. Like, I think he's grown as a singer and his tone has become, you know, much more deep and aggressive. And, you know, I just think his voice is incredible. I think he's one of the best singers in metal. So, 
you know, that was certainly a big, a big impact on me as well as the songs, you know, the songs were kind of a return to, you know, the aggressiveness of those first two albums. And, you know, that's what I loved about Flotsam to begin with. So, you know, it kind of showed me that, Hey, these guys are back and they're not messing around and, and they can write some amazing songs. And, you know, maybe this is a cool thing to be part of. During the recording of Blood on the Water, what albums did you listen to the most? Well, I honestly, I wasn't, wasn't listening to any albums during the recording of this album. Uh, it's really um, one thing that uh, Kelly Smith told me, and he's the original drummer in Flossum, because I was really a big fan of what he did uh, on their first two albums. And I, and I just said, well, you know, what inspired you to, you know, to write the parts that you did? And the things, the thing that I loved about Kelly's playing is the fact that he really thought out what he was going to play. I mean, he just didn't play stuff to play stuff. He fitted in and it all made musical sense. And some of it was very fast and aggressive and other parts were kind of, uh, you know, it was just very, very musically put together. And he told me, he goes, well, you know, I just listened to the song and I try to do what fits the song. And I thought that was great advice, you know. So when when we were doing these two records, I didn't really listen to other records. I just listened to what the songs were and tried to put in the things that I felt fit the song, if that makes sense. I really tried to follow kind of Kelly's advice, really. How has the dynamic of songwriting changed with the addition of bassist Bill Bodley to replace Michael Spencer? Sure. Well, it's Bill Bodley. And the, you know, the songwriting really didn't change much, to be honest with you. The end of chaos, uh, Michael Spencer didn't really have a lot of input into that because he, he lives in California. Excuse me, a logistics issue. You know, it's not that, he, you know, he's a great writer, too, but for whatever reason, you know, all, all four of us are living in Phoenix and, it, and it's very easy to communicate and share ideas and work together. And it's a little more difficult when you're out of town. So uh, the end of chaos was really more or less the four of us, you know, putting stuff together. And Blood in the Water was kind of the same thing. Bill lives in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, he, he at that point, you know, he joined the band pretty much during the recording. So the, the songs were pretty much already done. I mean, we certainly hope he's going to have some great great input next time around but uh in, in terms of the the band chemistry for the end of chaos and for blood in the water it's been fairly similar you know um it's just been the four of us kind of uh, you know hashing out the ideas and figuring out what works the best and the great thing about the band as it sits now and and i think bill's going to definitely play a big part in, of this in the future is the fact that if there's something wrong with a song or it's really not doing what it's doing, but it has some great potential, you know, someone will come up with the ideas to fix it, whether it's AK or whether it's me or Michael or Steve, um, you know, there's, there's always somebody, you know, putting the, the ship on, on the, in the right direction and, and really coming forward with something that's going to make the song pop and make it work. And uh, so that, that's really, um, you know, the chemistry itself is I think a very important part of the last, you know, really the last three records i wasn't involved obviously in, in the self-titled but i think the chemistry between you know uh michael and steve and ak and uh and michael spencer and of course jason bittner you know i think that chemistry there really worked out and i think we kind of continued that chemistry onto the next two albums as well and and uh, so far you know all the all the indications are that we you know we may have topped the end of chaos in terms of the sales success we are you know we know that we have already uh, in terms of the, you know, fan response and the press response, it really appears that we kind of outdid the end of chaos as well. And to be honest, we were quite worried about it because we really felt strongly about the end of chaos. I mean, we we really put a lot, you know, of our 
of our hard work and energy and emotions into that record, and we weren't sure we were going to be able to top it, and and I think we we did. Cry for the Dead had the darkest vibe surrounding it, I felt. Can you tell me what the subject matter was and a little bit about sure. the recording session? Yep, absolutely. Well, that song is is pretty much all AK. That's that's AK's lyrics and melodies, and um, that's uh, Michael Gilbert's guitar lines. So that's that's pretty much that song. I would say is is really those two guys. Uh, and as far as the subject matter, I do know it was inspired by COVID. Uh, AK's mother was in the hospital for over eight weeks, and she there were several times where they called and told the family that they were expecting the worst and that she wasn't going to make it, and so. You know, that really had everything to do with the, you know, emotional input of that song. Um, and so that's why, you know, AK says, you know, I can't live without the ones I love, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's just a reflection. I mean, the song goes, you know, beyond just his family. But, you know, it just talks about someone that's dealing with the fact that, hey, I've lost a bunch of the people I love. And, you know, I, it's not something I'm, I'm obviously having a, an easy time with. And that's. You know, that's really the, I think, the, probably the darkness that you're sensing in that song. Now, I think I like Dragon the best. Tell me about that track. Great Dragon, that was a song that Steve brought in. Um, and then I think AK and I worked on the chorus, I think, together on that. I think I wrote the first part of the chorus and he wrote the second part. And I think originally the song was about Flotzilla, and then we kind of morphed it into there's an actual aircraft called the gray dragon and it's a it's a military aircraft and um so the song sort of morphed into into that kind of thing but in terms of um i mean did you have a specific question about the song in terms of uh, just uh, just or, wanting or you to talk he? about it honestly i i just felt like it was like sure. the most metal song on the album so that's what i dug about it um <laughs> now, what three songs are your favorite to play live well, that's going to be a, uh, an interesting question because I think what's, you know, what my favorite three songs to play live would be versus what they're going to be. You know, I, I think when, whenever you have a record, you know, you may have songs that are your favorites, but you're not there to serve your own, you know, needs. You're not there to play your favorite songs. You're there to play the favorite songs of the fans. And it looks to me like from from the fan perspective, the songs that probably will get played live off of this album will be, uh, one of, you know, either maybe two, three or four of these, uh, but probably Blood in the Water, Brace for Impact, Burn the Sky, Reaggression is actually a song that's getting played a lot on radio now. So um, I'd say between those four songs, you know, if, if we're playing new songs, it'll it'll end up being um, some of those or all of those. Have you heard when uh, Flotsam will be hitting uh, the East Coast? We don't have dates yet for the East Coast. We do have a uh, a run that we're we're doing in August. That's going to be about a couple weeks, and uh, you know we're kind of testing the water, so to speak, um, and just kind of see how everything goes because this has it's it's a different environment as we know. Um, it's post COVID. Um, there's some shows that I've been involved with already that look to me like you know the 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 people aren't quite returning like they used to, and then there's. There's other shows that I'm looking at online and where you see like there's really looks like quite a few people are, are coming out to them. So, um, you know, we're just trying to make sure that it's going to work for us, uh, you know, from a financial perspective. But I would say that, you know, they were talking about doing East Coast dates either in the fall or the first part of 2022. 
When you're out on tour, do you ever bring anything like a Tascam digital recorder to uh, record ideas? Well, you know, these days with Pro Tools, you know, everybody's got Pro Tools on their laptops. And so we do have a Pro Tools rig with us in the in the bus. And we've, you know, certainly recorded things on it before. But, um, you know, I, I'd say most, most ideas, uh, when they strike you, I think for the guitar players, it's a little different because, you know, they're coming up with riffs and that's something that you can record, you know, right away for things like vocals and vocal lines and vocal melodies and that kind of stuff. I mean, you can record that on anything. You can record that on your iPhone and, you know, get a, get a pretty good idea of what it is that you're putting down, um, when you go listen to it later. Uh, but usually, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yes, we definitely have the ability to, to do some recording while we're on the road. What is your most hallowed musical possession relating to Flotsam and Jetsam? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, I'm not sure if I have one that's relating to Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, are you talking about like... Uh, well, like I mean, items, it could like... be an instrument. It could be some sort of rare album. Um, I leave it up to you. Well, it's probably, for me, it's the... Uh, well, I have a friend that's sending me an original pressing of the first album. So... Um, when I get that, you know, that certainly will be a, a prized possession. But I'd say right now, my prized plots and possession is the box set from the end of Chaos. I don't have my Blood in the Water box set yet. I just have to go down to Mike's house and get it. But he lives about 30 miles away, so I haven't done that yet. <laughs> but So right now, it's my end of Chaos box set, which is really a cool box set. I mean, they did this awesome 3D um, picture on the front and uh you know it's got flotzilla and 3d on it and it's all metal you know so the box is metal it's really well produced and has a t-shirt in it and a poster and so i, I you know that's that's probably one of my favorite I'd, I'd say that's my favorite flotsam possession at the moment what is your favorite ghost story or urban legend from arizona or seattle another great question um urban legend um uh, Wow, that's, uh, I'm just, I guess I'm not really a, an urban legend kind of guy. <laughs> I was trying to think of something while we were doing the interview, but I really don't have one for for Phoenix or uh, or Seattle. I mean, I have visited like the Seattle Underground, which is really interesting. You know, it's basically a city underneath the city. Um, you know, I've, I've certainly been to all the, the amazing places, the Seattle uh, Science Center and the Space Needle and all of the you know, amazing things that they created for the World's Fair. I think it was like 1965 or 1966 up there. But uh, unfortunately, I don't really know any any urban legends. I apologize. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now, um, final words. Right. Sure. Well, final words for us are always going to be the same. And that's, you know, we, we just like to thank our fans for following us for all these years. And we uh, we hope that you are happy and healthy and safe, and we hope to see you out on the road. Excuse me, out on the road very, very soon. Thank you very much. This has been an interview with Flotsman Jetsam drummer Ken Mary on Tuesday, June 29th, 2021, by Nick Brickell.